and welcome to Upstage Downstage. With me, Richard Platt, seated in the upper circle. And me, Stephen Rees, uh, seated in a cheap seat. This is the Theatre Podcast, where we discuss productions we've seen, things we've liked and may not have liked, giving our complete unprofessional and non-biased opinions. So grab a brew, take a seat and let's raise that curtain. On today's edition of the Theatre Podcast, we have a special episode where I shall be interviewing Richard as he discusses his recent trip to the West End, covering five shows in one week. Richard, you must be mad, if not knackered. Well, just a little bit. I I never get tired. Hear my take on some of the current big and small productions, such as Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, Bonnie and Clyde, Dear Evan Hansen, Cabaret, and finally, Anne Juliet. So, with all that said... I think it's time to set, set the scene. scene. Finally, we have one play left, and I must say I've kept this back specifically to probably anger people. <laughs> Listen through all that twaddle just to get to probably this bit, which everyone's. I mean, a lot of people are fans of this. J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. I'm going to say it now. I wouldn't go and see this <laughs> simply because I just don't watch Harry Potter. I don't. I'm just. I'm not bothered. It's just not for me. Yeah. I'm gonna I, however, have read all the books hmm. and yeah. know it inside out, upside you're a, down. You're a big Potter fan. Yeah. It's been one that's been on my list to go and see for a very long time. And after the pandemic, I thought, you know what? It's time. Yeah. So, and what did you tell me? It's like a five-hour show. So it's, oh, it's five and a half. Five and. Oh, grab your handbag. So five and a half, so a whole day in the theatre of watching a load of wizardry. And oh, when I say it's five hours show, it's actually two parts. It's two and a half, two two hours forty for each part right. with an interval and a two hour break in between. So it's basically a matinee and a night performance on one day. Uh, I'd be asleep. Well, you say that. I'd be like um, Tom Daly with me knitting. You know, flask of coffee. Front row, sleeping bag. No, in fact, I wouldn't even be on the front row. Well, I'd be in the cheapest seats. Where are they? They're right up the top in the gods. That'd be me. I'd be uh, falling asleep there. Nudge yeah. me if something happens. Okay, so I'm going to bore you now. <laughs> I'm going to talk. We saw. I saw. We saw this. We didn't see this because you. I certainly seen it. didn't <laughs> see it, and I certainly wouldn't see it again. <laughs> I saw this production at the Palace Theatre in right. London, in Soho, and I will bore you on actually what happens in this production. So you will. Yeah, I'm going to. Oh. Harry Potter and the Cursed Child is the most awarded play in history, Mm. one of the most defining pop culture events of a decade, and is also the eighth Harry Potter story, and it brings magic back to the West End. Am I right in thinking there was only seven books? There was only seven books, yeah. But one was a two-parter, wasn't it? Yes. No, no, that was a film. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I we're met... talking about the books. The books are the seven books, so, but then but the, final, the films, final film was split. The final film That's, was split into two. Yeah. Anyway, this I is... remember at the time I was working at ASDA and they had uh, someone just reading a chapter of the book. It was a new one of the yeah. new books read out, and he read the first chapter over like the tannoy, and I was stuck in the shelf thinking, "Shut the up, <laughs> just dreary." You know, it. It was a moment in day in history that book. Yeah, but he wasn't like a really good reader. It was just drone, drone, drone. So... Anyway, 19 years after Harry, Ron and Hermione saved the wizarding world, they're back on a most extraordinary new adventure. Oh, I can't wait. This time, 
joined by a brave new generation that's only just arrived at the legendary Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, prepare for spectacular spells, mind-blowing race through time and an epic battle to stop mysterious forces, all while the future hangs in the balance. Was Maggie Smith in this? No, but Mrs McGonagall... But I can't who? remember, where's that? But Professor McGonagall was in there. Sorry, who? Professor McGonagall. Played by... Maggie Smith. Who? But it's not Maggie Smith, because I'm not being funny. Maggie Smith's getting old now. Oh! <gasps> She's, She's a legend, yeah. but she wouldn't be able to do a five and a half hour production every day, would she? No. There you go. Okay, so shall I shall I talk about this, or you need to jump yeah, to? I know you want, to, you want to, to. To be fair, what I will say is, um, you know, I know J.K. Rowling as a writer, not personally, but I mean, she's done so much in terms of getting kids uh, and young adults to read, you know, yeah. be entertained by books. I mean, Again, I, which I, I think is brilliant. Yeah, I mean anybody anybody that's actually read the books and if if a child reads these books, their their vocabulary will increase massively because the amount of words that oh I need that, to know some more adjectives. Yeah, you do. There you go. Maybe so I need to start reading. You need to start them. reading Harry Potter from but the start. Th- the books are so thick, Richard. They're not the, thick. They They've are. Got, they're all in small chapters, so you can pick them up and put them down. Oh, I'd you read can what, do this. I don't know if I could. You could try. Never say never. Hmm. Okay, so when you walk into the theatre for your five and a half epic battle, um, you're presented with what can only be described as a vintage St Pancras station, which is so impressive. It's built, and when you actually look at the making of the actual um, staging, it's very, very almost identical to a picture of St Pancras from a long time ago. Victorian era. Very Victorian era. I mean, I love that era. Yeah. Like the the 19th... Um, before mobile phones, before communication methods, before can remember, Facebook. I can remember all before that, and Facebook. I miss it so much. Although I'm glad I didn't have to walk around in candlelight. Yeah, there is that. Love Although yourself. it's really good for your complexion. It is, yeah. Definitely. You look a whole lot more attractive in it. Not you, I mean me. So the production was basically, you're almost ready to go on a, a journey into a train, uh, journey. a train journey Hogwarts Express and you're going to platform right. nine and three quarters and exactly. you're going to disappear into Hogwarts so this was um I do like the set I must admit I mean I I, I don't need to go and see it I've seen I can see the set here yeah it's, it's, <laughs> it is impressive you, you won't get and, me there not for all my but, money but it's it's definitely a a set that is set to it's exciting almost draw you in but you haven't got a clue what's going to happen because it doesn't give anything away I'm getting that. <laughs> it really gives nothing away as to what's actually going to happen on stage. It's not drawing me into the theatre, but I'm I'm intrigued. I like there's it. There's lots of things hidden. I mean, I won't talk too much about this production because I think you have to see it to believe it. Good. So we won't we won't need to be talking long about this production. We? Um, well, me. Yeah. Um, I'm, be, I'm doing anyway, my best to be positive. A, the, the, the actual story is written by J.K. Rowling and and it's been adapted with J.K. Rowling, Jack Thorne and John Tiffany who created the stage play. So so J.K. Rowling bra- wrote the new story and it has been adapted for stage with her as, as part of the actual writing team. So, you know, you know that it's actually entrenched within that, that world. Yeah. And we what don't... can I say? The actual, the production... And the casting, and I'm not going to talk about cast because I think that whoever performs in this has got to be on their game because it's you know how how many so actors... much to live up yeah up to there is there's so much pressure now, to now, be that what where where's where's um, Ron thinking about Harry 
Ron Hermione. Hermione and Harry. Yeah, where are they? Because when when Acorn Antiques came back, you know, you had uh, Duncan Preston, Celia yeah. Emery, Julie Waters, yeah. Victoria Ward. They came back. Yeah, these they, they, come you back. know, what, where, what are these three kids doing? No, they're not coming back. Yeah, but, uh, well, I mean, to be fair, they are, they're probably the right age now. Well, exactly. Well, why couldn't they come and do it for a, a brief, the first bit of it? I mean, they were around when it was launched, but uh, they've not come back since. Well, they should have done. I know. I mean, it has been running for a few years now. So, but when it first went out, they could have done it. They could have, yeah. Ignorant. Take the money and run. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Does it live up to its hype and expectation for this being a mammoth task? Yeah, I think it does. I was apprehensive mm. when I actually went to see it because I thought, is this just going to blindside me just to fulfil a almost Warner Brothers audience that were expecting yeah. a production that was like the films? Or... Does it does it work as a play if you haven't seen the, the if you haven't read it or seen anything about it? I does think it, it does. does. It work? Yeah, because J.K. Rowling's got a very good way of even in the books. If you picked up the middle book, mm. you're reading a new story. Yeah, she does little moments in paragraphs in the way her writing style is, where it sets the scene. Cliche. Yeah, sets the scene at the start where she reminds you of what's happened in the past. Yeah. But we're now in a new story. Yeah. So it's which, like, it, it, which you know, is what good novelists and, and that's, uh, would do anyway. You know, it's a really clever where you sort of think she's obviously thought of the reader. You're like, oh, I need to be reminded of that, even if it's just a one-liner or something where it just mm. puts you back on track or it intrigues you to then read the previous book. You know, if you, if I don't done... think it intrigued me to read any of the books. I well, know, I know yeah. what you're saying. But I what I mean is, wrong. the writer, if if you yeah. if you pick up the wrong book, you're still reminded of things, and that's like this. It's a story that stacks up on its own, but there's elements within it that you would think, oh, I'll just nip back and have a look at that, or I'll do that, or I'll go there. Is there elements where she wrote it for the fans? so they can go all gushy over it. I think there's probably an element of that where she wrote it because... But then it's also probably an exciting concept to revisit, Mm. to write a play, and the only way to tell the final story or this story was to do it in a different medium. So this is the final story? Well, she says it is, but who knows? The world's always expanding. This is is 19 years later. So in other words, it it depends how financially stable she is as to whether there's another book or not. yeah. However, I do think as it's as a two play piece, it does stack up. I don't think it could be one play because it would be lost. It was... How did it feel having to spend the whole day in Hogwarts? I loved it. Yeah, it's brilliant, really. Yeah, because there was enough going off in each half. Mm. Because the first half, I don't. Oh, this won't give anything away. But the first half ends very abruptly and very shocking. Right. And as you walk out of the theatre everything changes that you thought was happening at the start of that that play so even the first half has a an ending that mm. leaves you for that next two hours going what's happening so it's the, and it, but it really does cleverly leave you wanting more and it also almost punches you around the face and then you go okay so now i've got to wait to, for two hours to find out what happens next and and i think that each one each half is stands up on its own and is strong and powerful. So I think that was... Yeah. That's his now, I know say. you don't want to give too much away, but with you already describing the opening scene being St. Pancras Station yeah. or whatever she's called it in a play, right? Um, does it go anywhere else? Do we still see the same structure? or is, is All the way it? through the production, you see this structure in the background. However, there's things hidden in it 
that like the big pillars at the side move to become trees and then there's like so so these these become move into the centers and become trees and does things. it like it's yeah. almost like clockwork it's almost like the scenery is clockwork and okay. it's, it's like it's all all part of that it's like st pancras has basically become the, does it, the set scene but does setting. it double up for being like the inside of like i don't know the yeah. library of a grand yeah hall it says hogwarts it becomes Hog- hogwarts yeah it basically becomes that as well but also there's other things that happen where it's almost like if the play was being told in Hogwarts Station and they were using everything they could find mm. around it, but then it does double up as, as those sort of grand halls. And they also mm. use staircases and things on um, in the production where... So there was like there was bookcases, there was... Mm. They were in the, in the side of... Um, so they, they used for like staircases and things. They had moving staircases on wheels that became one position then another position then another scene where there was a st- the under the staircase which is a a specific scene in the first Harry Potter film and where Harry lives in in the Dursley's house they created that again just by simply having the bed underneath the stairs mm. and it was very much similar to the they created those moments where so revisiting but, the past, yeah, revisit, the yeah. Where the, he was, the the, the, yeah. the whole the whole production almost looks into the past, and it's all about the changes you can make in the past can change the future. A bit Doctor Who, a mm. bit. It was it was very much in that world, yeah, where the choices you make can change the past um, and the future the and butterfly you know, effect. Yes, it, it yeah, was that sort of. Like that. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the that's the sort of the easiest way to sort of describe it. So, what about like the direction was there anything spectacular about that was there anything that pointed out that this is a great technique or something that moments or can you not give anything away well there's there's certain scenes where i can't it doesn't really give anything away but the the magic scenes and the the movements and there's some directing pieces where it's, it's actually quite physical in some of the spells that are cast and things like that there's movements where they lift or cast members up and take them away into the darkness and it, but it's it's done in such a way that it's all very physical and some of the props and scene changes that are done are used with all the cast members with big cloaks and they wipe the cloaks over everything and run off with some set so it almost disappears mm. and it's there's all those sort of moments that there's that much happening and it's hard to put five hours of a production into one really yeah. i think that's the that's the key did they do anything special with i suppose this is a technical thing but when they're like um flying around on the little broomsticks or whatever they're doing you know did did they do any, any of that like is it pyro not pyrotechnics is it there was um, what are the, you know when you levitating things that levitate yeah and movements um they, did they do any of that there was yeah there's 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 times where a broomsticks float and stuff like that but they all of that is done really smoothly and they do a lot of black stage work yeah where half of the stage is blacked out so yes you in the start you see a lot of st pancras at the back and stuff mm. like that but then they black all that out so it almost becomes mysterious and and then they've got a lot of light use where they distract your eyes from seeing all that other stuff and they use a lot of projection mapping so 
when there's there's movements or thuds on stage, the whole wall shake and mm. the whole thing shake because they've got projection mapping that's reactive to the to the sound and yeah. light around it. So now, what do you think about their performances? I mean, it's non-stop piece of theatre. Yeah. They don't. They have to be on their game because they they didn't. Uh, they didn't I'm, stop. I'm once. kind of thinking, if you haven't got the th- the three core actors, right? Mm. I'm guessing you you don't have any uh, uh, famous people in this. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, there's not really anybody you know. However, it's like five and a half and three quarters. In a way, it's good because there's. I'm not going to say who they bring back, but they have different characters coming back. That, but not played rec- by the actual actors. No, not played by the actual yeah. actors. But the way they do that, they make them up and do them. I mean, not going to give anything away with this one, but Dumbledore appears in the paintings, and the way they put him in that setting is just just really really good and classic. It's mm. really well done. And very faithful to the films and what you imagine in the books. It's very, you know, mm. it's very specific, and that's they. But they, you know, they do it in such such a way that's really it's just, just smooth. I mean, as well. I mean, what other thing I would say? This isn't a musical. It's a play. It's the only one you're actually talking about here. Yeah, it's not actually a musical. It's um, but it's actually um, I'd say it's a well-written play, and you'd probably say it was more like War and Peace, but. I can see why some people would see half of it and then go and see the next half, but I'm glad I've seen it all as one, so I can I can see it all in its entirety. But you could easily watch one one day and yeah, one the other. You can book that. Yeah. You can do that if you want to. How long's it on for? Is it just constant? It's just constantly on at the moment until I think it's going into May next year at the moment. So. All right. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> Darry, ask you, would you go and see this one again? Yeah, I'd probably go. Really? Yeah, I'd probably go. I'd leave it a year and go and see it again. Definitely. Mm, fair enough. Oh, like um, pops and costumes and stuff like that. Um, any particular? Th- Do you want to give a shout out? Shall we say? Um, I'd say uh, Katrina Lindsay is the biggest shout out I could say for the costumes because it was just spot on. And I, I don't even think it was aimed to be specific to the films, but it all worked and it all linked and everything was the same sort of same as the set design. I will, I will, I will sort of say Christine Jones as well for the set design because they were very faithful to the Harry Potter world. It was very faithful to all the things you've seen in the films and all the things you've imagined in the stories and the drawings that were put to it. I think it was all very faithful and it all felt part of that world. Is there anything else you'd like to say that you haven't mentioned about this show that you want to without giving too much away? Technically it's a feat of genius so it's worth going to see just to see how they pull it off because I think it's so well done and well put together. But do you know what I'm not going to do? What? Go and see it and see how well they put it off. (laughs) Now, Now ask me if there's any faux pas. Now, Richard, was there any faux pas in this production? Was it? Did anything go wrong? Yes. Oh, sorry, I didn't say that loud enough. Yes, there were. We were doing so well there. So there was, yeah. One out of five was a bit of a boo boo. So what? What the heck happened? Which se- Which part of the play was it? The first it was, half, the second half. It was the first half. Was it the first of the first half or second, second of, of the first, first half? half. Um, <laughs> so basically, there was a scene where Ron, Hermione, and Harry um, used the transfiguration potion, where they actually changed to another character. So shape shifting, basically, they they become another person for a short limited time, and the scene is done. 
with big cloaks, trapdoors, and um, the person changes from one cast member to another. That sounds like a, how did they do that? How did moment? they do that? Yeah, that's how it is. So, so, so this is a little giveaway. However, yeah. there was a changeover of the two ca- characters and uh, the trapdoor got stuck on one of the cloaks. Oh, they did a Madonna. So, in a way, and, and actually, a a technician came out with a headset on. My biggest like yeah, annoyance. Not good, is it? And, and and Hermione and Ron had to stand next to each other to sort of hide the fact that he was there. But I was I was in row K, and I could still see this technician. They'd have so, been best just saying, "Look over there." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they should have just yeah. So so it was. It was just a moment. It was. It was. It was. After five and a half hours, it was definitely just a moment. But it. It was. It was just noticeable that that was that. It just spoils the magic a little, because what should have happened is the the change happened and he just walks off like nothing mm. had happened. So that was. Well, that was it. Fair enough. Right, scores on the doors then, Richard, for this uh, production of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. See, I memorised that. I didn't even have to look at Did the well. uh, program. I can only give it a 10. Uh, why am I not surprised? It just deserved it. Right, well, I'm not going to let you indulge in any more review of it. So, what sound effect will you be choosing from the following? A complete train wreck? Tumbleweed? An audible shrug of the shoulders? Uh-huh. A slow clap? A pleasant applause? Or a standing ovation? What will it be? Stand innovation. Uh. Can't do any more. It's got to be. So, for someone like me who just doesn't want to involve themselves with a load of wizardry. Well, every time stuff. you see Harry Potter, you cringe. That's it. That's that's what I'm getting from you. You <laughs> just think, no, I'm not watching it. Oh, it's just no. So, is it worth seeing for someone who doesn't know anything but who won't cringe? Do you think yeah. it's worth it? I definitely think it would be because it might even spark your interest in the rest of the. the the sort of stories it would mm. help if you read the books but you know it's not do you know what the movies didn't even spark any interest in me see. and it had maggie box. smith in it i know well they and go. all the others expelliarmus you see yeah all the old, old um thespians i'm still anyway right now i know we've had our top five well not even top five but the five you've seen okay yeah. now i'm just wondering richard whilst you were there was the one that you wanted to go and see or was there anything, any other shows about? Yeah, I mean, one thing I wouldn't have seen, but I would never see again. What's that? It was Frozen. Oh, is that was is that still on now? It's still on now. Right. It okay. Was, so it was, you wouldn't go and see it. No, I've seen it. Right. I wouldn't see it again. Why? Because it was. What no. happened? Are you traumatized? Well, let's just say I'll let it go. <laughs> and it was a big, wet, warm puddle rather than what I expected. And also, what I will say, because I'm not going to review it, because it doesn't work, it's not worthy of it. So you didn't when, build a snowman? I didn't build a snowman. What I will say is, when you, when an announcement comes on before the production starts, mm. that you need to refrain from singing along to the production. Okay. And just sit back and enjoy it, I instantly got my back up and I thought, oh, what are we doing here? And that sort of set the tone for the rest of the production. I'd imagine also put a great big distance between the audience and the actual play. Yeah, really did. Really did. Like, no, you're not here to enjoy it, just watch. Just watch it. Don't don't sing along. So I thought that sort of sets the tone and the additional songs didn't add anything to the production and I just felt that it 
not worth the money the production isn't and i think there'd be a lot of a lot of money spent by families to go and see something that actually should have been written better well did anything go wrong no there just just the whole atmosphere in the whole it just felt it just felt like they were trying to create another wicked ah okay rather than being frozen the production right so that's the one you would avoid i would avoid it and i wouldn't go see it again (laughs) famous last words yeah we need to put that on a uh, t-shirt i think Wow. So there we are for A Week in the West End, part five, with Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. We hope you found it insightful. If not, entertaining. Coming up over the next few episodes, you'll get to hear me take on the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. And then me and Stephen resume our normal service by discussing the new musical, Identical. That's it for this week, folks. If you'd like to drop us a message, please email us at upstagedownstagepod at gmail.com. Remember, you can always join in the chat to share with us your views on a production. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our channel so you get every episode the second it's released. And we hope you join us again for another instalment of Upstage Downstage. Downstage.